0: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The Michigan football team begins the second half of its season this Saturday against Northwestern. We preview that matchup and maybe even peek ahead to the Spartans on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. All right, Aaron and Ryan, good to talk to you guys. Let's get to the most important thing right away. Ryan, you're currently on. Serving as a juror, you got called into jury duty. How much can you speak about it? I know you're you're thrilled about the experience, and you can't wait to share share it with our listeners.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I can say that. Yeah, I am a, a juror, and it's it's the trials are going to take all week, and it's kind of been uh, really thrown a wrench into my into football season. That's for sure. So I had to miss Monday's press conference. Uh, luckily Tuesdays for Michigan players was that night. So I was able to catch that, but missed assistant coach availability today. So on Wednesday, so yeah, it's kind of, I know it's my civic duty, but it just has come at a real mm-hmm. inopportune time of the year. And I I'm surprised I got picked too. Like, to be honest, like, I, I heard a bunch of people say like, yeah, you're a journalist. They're not going to typically attorneys don't really keep those uh, journalists on, uh, on the jury, but
0: on top sure. of your many biases against all different types of people. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it was crazy how many people said they had biases, and I, I mean, I think part of being a journalist though is you're just supposed to try and avoid having a bias. So, Absolutely. I guess in, in that regard, you would think that they would make a, a good juror. And of course, I said no, I don't have any biases, and sure enough, here here I am. I'm like they cycled through so many different people before they got to me, and then I was one of the last ones finalized to to finalize the jury and we'll, we'll talk about it more. Uh, Hopefully it's wrapped up at the end of the week. It should. So if not, then I'll start to get really upset because uh, we know what, uh, what week is lingering starting. Yes. I was
0: going to say, at least it's not next week from that, from that perspective. And of course, for our listeners, I was joking, Ryan, the good guy treats everybody well, but yeah, (laughs) yeah. It could have been worse there. It's, you know, it's, it's only Northwestern, right? So that's, and that's kind of segues into what we're going to talk about here is that it is the classic trap game the classic look ahead game as it applies to Michigan football this week you know because undefeated you know top 10 Michigan state your rival is is next week i don't know how much do you buy into it it's certainly something that's, that's already you know been been discussed this week
2: no i think the trap game thing is legitimate I, I do think there are instances where teams overlook certain teams because you've got either a ranked opponent ahead of you your rival out of you whatever the case may be so i think yeah this is a Absolute potential trap game for Michigan. I don't know if we, I, mean, I think we talked about this off the air, but just a couple of years ago. And remember, Michigan was, I think, four and one going into Northwestern. I think it was what, 18 or 19, and Northwestern went up 17 nothing there. And then the first half kind of spooked. And Michigan obviously scored, what was it, like 20 or 21 on the answer to win the game. But like, yeah, this is a perfect example of that. Now, I think the difference this time is at least for Michigan, which is probably a good thing they're coming off a bye. So they haven't played in two weeks. So they're eager to probably play football. They're supposed to be rested and re- recovered and everything else. So actually in a way, this quote unquote trap game may be coming at the right time for Michigan.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just don't know. I mean, what's the fine line between rested or rusty too. Like, I mean, they also haven't played a, a game in a week. So we'll see, we'll see about that. And I think the concern, could be is that it looked like Northwestern trying kind to of turn the corner at least last week against Rutgers, winning twenty-one to seven. I mean, they were coming off a bye uh, in their previous game. It was a fifty-six seven loss to Nebraska. So I mean, maybe maybe Northwestern figured figured some things out, but uh, I still don't think Michigan will have too much difficulty in, in this game. But yeah, yeah it's definitely I'd- a real thing.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, we sports writers maybe, you know, talk it up a little too much. But I, yeah, I mean, it certainly makes sense. Like there's a psychological aspect to sports for sure. And there's also other reasons why, you know, a team a team could potentially have a dud. But yeah, you know, Northwestern, they're 3-3. Three and three. They've gone loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. You know, in the Big Ten, it's kind of not super competitive loss to Machine State to open the year. Lost to Nebraska, 56-7. to seven. So it's like, you know, if you're Michigan, like the last time you saw Michigan playing, it was, it was winning at Nebraska and Northwestern lost to that team 56 to seven. But then, you know, as, as Ryan didn't mention, kind of bounced back a little bit with a, you know, grinded out a win over Rutgers. The defense was, was very good in that one. Yeah, so, only yeah,
1: 222 yards against them, pretty sure. So that's yeah, not too shabby against a big 10 opponent.
0: Yeah. Rutgers had a, I believe they had a, like a 90 plus yard touchdown drive in in that game. And that was, uh, that took up a big, big chunk of their their yardage and that was uh that was about it yeah 97 yards as i verify that so it shouldn't be a huge challenge you know michigan is is a big favorite um in this game are there are there particular things you're you're looking for from michigan in this game guys potentially coming back from injury or showing some improvements from you know the first half of the season yeah what are you looking for
2: before we get into Michigan, even Ryan mentioned Northwestern kind of figuring things out. And I think part of that is their quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've kind of settled on the transfer from South Carolina, Ryan Holinsky. He's been the starter of the last few weeks. He hasn't thrown an interception yet. He's thrown for like 645 yards and three touchdowns. So he's been rather efficient for them. He's done the job. Now, that, now he did start the, the 56-7 loss in Nebraska. So, but I am I mean, that's more probably on the He doesn't play defense,
0: and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's hard to <laughs>
2: win when you don't play defense. So, they've seemed to have settled things offensively. They've got a decent running back who's rushed for 100 yards twice now. He had a 200 yard rushing game. So, they've got some pieces there. But, yeah, the problem, I think Northwestern by and large has been A, you know, the inefficiency on offense, which seems to be more the first three games, but their defense has had trouble stopping folks. You know, this Northwestern defense of of the Previous couple of years that was containing, you know, we saw them in the big 10 title game against Ohio state and not give up a ton of points. That just hasn't been the case this year. Their their defense is struggling. Uh, Michigan should have opportunities to move the football. And that kind of goes into what I'm going to talk about here with Michigan. You know, they're probably going to look to try and establish run game again. We've talked about this ad nauseum, I think previous weeks, but yeah, I, I would not be surprised if they try and do that They I think anticipate to be healthy on the offensive line this week. Um, it sounds like they're going to get most of their guys back. Zach Sinder came out of the game two weeks ago with a leg injury. He, he didn't necessarily leave for the locker room. He was on the sideline for the rest of the game at, at Nebraska. So I think he should be good to go. Yeah, so I think they'll be healthy up front. Blake Corman, by all, by all accounts, seems healthy. I would look for them and try and run the ball on Saturday and, and get back to that run game dominance that we saw you know, in the first few weeks.
0: Roman Wilson, another guy who missed, you know, the last game that, you know, you'd like to see back out there. Uh, if, if you're Michigan after the you know, last time he wasn't uniform, he was, he was playing very well.
2: Yeah, because, yeah, he, they need another receiver, I think, to step up. I would not be surprised if they sit him another week. Um, I, I don't know how serious the uh, the leg injury or the lower body injury was. We haven't really got much detail. i am seeing that lower upper body injury. Sounds like it was a wrist or hand type thing. I don't know how serious it was, but we'll we'll see. It would not surprise me if he sits out another week to get them ready for the 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 meet, the Big Ten schedule. But you're right. I mean, they've got to get some other receivers involved. They got to you know continue with the passing game. They'll probably throw the ball quite a bit too. I mean, they got to just they got to keep working on that and fine tuning it and expanding it Um, because the schedule you know as we we talked about last week, it's only going to get more difficult from here. And for them to be successful in some of these bigger bigger games, including next week against Michigan State, they've got to have success on the ground and through the air.
1: Look at this guy. I think that they're gonna to stick to the run game, but also throw quite a bit too. Is Northwestern gonna have the ball at all on Saturday?
2: Or is you know Michigan just <laughs>
0: not
2: no, the offense can't move can't move the football and Michigan runs the ball a ton and right. eats up the clock. So but we'll see.
0: So so on that note, I mean we did get a we did get a question from from a listener, from a reader, and it's one that I've certainly gotten in, in different forms you know, before, um, you know, throughout the season, but this one comes from, from Ron, you know, we appreciate him for, for reaching out. My man, Ron, appreciate
1: it. We love the, the
0: questions and the, and the feedback. Yeah. So he, you know, I mean, to be blunt was, you know, when will Jim Harbaugh realize he is starting the wrong quarterback? That is, that is the question. Um, But, you know, goes on to talk about Cade McNamara versus, you know, JJ McCarthy. And it's certainly an interesting debate, especially with, Northwestern coming in here and, you know, Michigan potentially getting a big lead in this game, or even if you want to go to the extreme and say, well, now's the time even to make, make the move coming off a bye week and, you know, playing a lesser opponent at home, you know, leading up to then, you know, the, the tougher games of the schedule. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think anyone on this podcast think that's going to happen, but I wanted to kind of start, start there as far as this discussion.
2: Before I answer this, I'm going to preface my answer by saying it seems like every single year I get we get questions or feedback from readers saying why aren't they playing this quarterback instead of that quarterback? I remember when Shea Patterson was out here and struggling and fumbling, and folks were like, put in McCaffrey. And then like last year when Milton was struggling, throwing McNamara. The difference this year, at least from my perspective, Michigan's six and zero. They're still moving the football. And they're winning games, so I, I think from from the coaching standpoint, and from the, the you know, offensive coordinator Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh's perspective, they haven't really had a reason or needed a reason to, to change quarterbacks.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think
2: most of us are probably on the agree that McCarthy probably is the more talented guy with the better arm, but you got to remember that this is still his first year; he's still prone to making mistakes. And what we've gotten so far out of, of Cade McNamara has been, you know, a them they've been able to move the football now. They haven't been able, they've struggled in the red zone at times. We saw it against against Nebraska, but they've been able to score and, and put points on the board and they're, and they're winning games. So I think until that becomes a, an issue, I don't see them changing. Now they, they probably will start and they have already, they you know they started to play, you know, JJ McCarthy a little bit more. I think that's going to continue maybe a little bit more so. Um, because he does add some different things with his legs. But right now, I mean McNamara is their guy, you know, between quarterback coach Matt Weiss and Gaddis and Harbaugh, they have said that from, from the get-go. Kate is a starter that will remain so I think for the end of the season, barring some crazy event. You know, maybe Kate has a couple of bad games, turns it over a ton. Maybe that's a possibility to change it. But Kate, like, like I said, the get-go, Kate hasn't really shown a this knack or trend of turning the football over and, and creating too many mistakes.
1: And people got to remember this. We now live in the, the age of the transfer portal and immediate eligibility. So if Cade somehow it gets, it gets replaced replaces a starter and he's unhappy, there's nothing stopping him from saying, all right, I, I'm going to go transfer where I can go start somewhere else right away. And then you're left with, with very thin depth at the quarterback position. And I mean, I agree. J.J. McCarthy is likely the more talented guy. But he's also not a very big guy, and and if you want to utilize his running ability, that means him probably taking more hits too, and you and you put him in, in harm's way more and jeopardize him getting hurt. And if you don't have K behind him, then would you want Alan Bowman or Dan Villari starting against Ohio State? Probably not. So you also have to kind of appease multiple different guys in in the quarterback room too to to maintain that depth, at least for the rest of this season too. So yeah, if if they go ahead and start JJ McCarthy next game and the following game and K gets unhappy, there's, there's no reason why he can't just say, look, I, I I don't like this, the situation now I'm going to transfer. You've seen it happen in other places. I'm not saying that that's what would happen, but it it is definitely a possibility that, that people should keep in mind too, because it is happening more and more often across the country.
2: I'm glad you brought that up because there's a fine line now with with the coaching staff and, and dealing with quarterbacks, and not just quarterbacks, but you know players at all positions, especially the skill positions. Your talented guys, like you've got to give them time to work and grow, and not necessarily pull a cord out from underneath them. Because if you do that, you you risk alienate them or making them mad, and then you're right; they they leave, and then you lose them. It's it's a fine line that Jim Harbaugh has to walk. It's it's very different from when previous years here at Michigan when he used to play. But like I said, from the get go, I think Mc, uh, McNamara's been fine. It's weird. Michigan's got McNamara and McCarthy. A lot of mix, you almost know, mix up sometimes. But no, oh, yeah, like yeah,
0: McCaffrey last year and, and <laughs>
2: Milton. Another Milton, if you want the M. I yeah. Mean, so, yeah. but McNamara's been fine. I don't think there's been a reason to replace him at this point. Look, you know, he, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. He doesn't have the the probably the speed that, that McCarthy has. But he, he's been he's been fine. They're six and zero. They moved the football. They've scored. I don't know what much more you want out of him. Yes, he's not that you know Heisman Trophy caliber playmaking quarterback. Um, but he's a quarterback of a six and zero team in the Big Ten Conference. Probably going to be seven and zero after this Saturday. So I don't think you want to pull the the cord out from underneath them. You know this quickly.
0: Now let's play devil's advocate a little bit on 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 some of these things. Yeah, you could say they're six and zero, but are they? You know, could they still be? they be better just because you're, you're winning, you know, that can sometimes mask issues. And I'm not saying that the quarterback plays an issue, but if you think you can upgrade there, you know, why wouldn't you, Um, you know, going back to the first thing you said, as far as people calling for the backup QB, yeah, I think that's kind of like ubiquitous in college football. You know, the, the backup quarterback is often like the most popular person on campus, but it is, you're right. It's usually when things aren't going so well, but I think that, you know, and, and, readers and listeners have pointed this out, you know, true freshmen, it's not, it's not crazy for them to have success, sometimes great success, you know, in college football now. And you're certainly seeing it, you know, at, at Oklahoma now with Caleb Williams, you know, Kyle McCord at Ohio state, you know, he, he got to make a start this season, you know, kind of due to injury, but he got in there and, and put up huge numbers. You know, both those guys ranked uh, around where McCarthy was. Williams was second McCarthy's fifth and, and McCord sixth, as far as you know, their quarterback where they were ranked in this recruiting class by the twenty four seven composite. So, you know, I think that's what people are looking at: is is the current quarterback good enough to win games at Michigan State, you know, at Penn State, and you know, against Ohio State?
2: It's a legitimate argument. That I, I, my counter would be, you know, Kate hasn't really been given the opportunity to do that yet. We're going to find Thanks. out at Ohio State, or excuse me, at Michigan State in two weeks to see if he's he can be that guy or not. Um, but, and I've brought this up in the past. I brought it up in the offseason. If you look at Jim Harbaugh's past as a head coach, whether it's here at Michigan or even at Stanford, he doesn't really like, and I shouldn't say like, but he had, there's been no track record of him playing true freshmen or early quarterbacks early. He likes to bring them along slowly. Mm-hmm. And you can make the argument he's brought J.J. McCarthy along quicker as a true freshman quarterback than he has any other quarterback in college. Now, part of that is, I think, because of the the changed uh, redshirt rule where yep. you're allowed to play four games and still maintain your redshirt. Well, it's it's obviously clear that McCarthy is going to you know burn his year this year, but Michigan believes that they're doing that because they believe he adds something of value to the offense, not only with his arm, as we've seen, but with his legs. He adds a different dimension to the run game and the quarterback situation. So I think going forward, you're going to see both of them utilized uh, McCarthy, maybe a little bit more than we've seen the first few weeks, but you know, when it comes to those first few snaps and in the heat of the moment, I think, I think Cade is going to be the guy.
1: And, and we're we're talking about quarterbacks right now, but I think we have to look at the performance from some of Michigan's past catchers this year too. And I, I think there's definitely a lot of room to grow, especially from, from these receivers. I mean, there, there hasn't been much time this during the season where I've seen a lot of separation against quality competition from, from these Michigan receivers. I mean, Cornelius Johnson has shown some flashes, but Rowan Wilson had that one big game, but I mean, there's still some guys that that have a lot to show um, at the, in that receiver room. And it's tough to to be an elite quarterback when you're not getting uh, elite play from, from your receivers. And if you go to the tight ends, what tight end is really scaring opponents in, in the passing game. I mean, Eric all is a, is a pretty solid pass catcher, but, I, I wouldn't say he's he's an elite pass catcher in, in college footballer in, in the Big Ten. So um, there's there's still a lot, to, a lot to be desired there. The one area where I think Michigan's offense can improve with the quarterback change would just be that that read option play and, and that threat of JJ McCarthy to run to kind of keep defenses more more honest. But again, that's no fault of Katie. I mean, he, he is what he is at this point. So it is a good debate, but again, it would be hard to make a change. At quarterback, when your team's undefeated, I don't know what if that's happened before and and how frequently, but I, I would assume it's pretty rare for for a program to do that.
2: Oklahoma. <laughs> oh yeah, hey, <laughs> the, there you go. That
1: is the true. The big huh? debate
2: all year. Now I wonder. You mentioned the receivers. I wonder how good or how much better this passing game would be if Ronnie Bell didn't go down with injury in the in the first week. Because remember, he was the number one guy, and oftentimes he's the number one receiver is matched up with the number one defensive back from the opponent. So you're starting to see other number one DBs go up against what would have been Michigan's number two or number three receivers. So I think that's one of the reasons why you haven't seen Maybe Cornelius Johnson made that big splash, but yeah, I, I think that it just goes to show how how big of a loss I think Ronnie Bell was Week One, and I, I think I said that then. I mean, he was he was their heartbeat. You know, the player the players talk about. He was their leader. Not only that, but he was their most most dynamic receiver, just in, in his ability to come out with the big catch and, and gain yards after catching. So sure. I, his loss was key. I think to the passing game, and and they're still I think they're still trying to figure out you know who who can be that little solid you know two and three options.
0: Absolutely. I mean. the, quarterback debates always interesting because there's just, you know, there's only, there's only one that really can play. Certainly only one at a, at a time, um, unlike other positions. And yeah, even, even within a game, I know Michigan has brought McCarthy in at times, but for the most part, you know, you're not really like platooning there. And then, you know, just kind of last thing I'll say, but you, you guys can keep going for sure is, you know, Aaron, you mentioned about McCarthy, you know, being, you know, more mistake prone potentially. Is that something you've, you've kind of already seen to a certain extent or is it more of just he's a true freshman so you kind of it's an assumption because you know we he, when he's been in there he has been effective.
2: so it's a couple of things yeah it's an assumption too but those first couple of games where he, he played he there was one where he made a mistake in, in his throw and then there was the one where he had the cross field throw to dalen baldwin where most fo- i think most coaches wouldn't advise doing that obviously he got away got away with it and and made the throw and completed the throw for a touchdown but if he does that like Seven out of ten times, I wouldn't be surprised that they either gets picked or it's there's a mis- you know so- something happens there, he, it, and it's just natural. Two freshmen will make mistakes; uh, they're going to screw up. JJ tends to be a little more advantageous with his decision making sometimes, and he's admitted that. You know, he said in the spring he, he had to be coached down a little bit. He had to, you know he was a little aggressive with his with some of his throws and his decision making. So it's it's just natural for two freshmen. You know, I think some of that's been cut down, but same token, it's different and we talked about in the past, it's different in practice than it is in the game. So it's all the above.
1: And he's only thrown 14 passes this year. It's not like we've seen a lot out of them. I mean, yeah, he's he's been in there to either hand the ball off or run a few plays, but it's not like he's been dropping back and just chucking it up in garbage time. It's like he's only thrown 14 passes. That's not too much experience for uh, for college quarterback yet.
0: Yeah, but a few of those have been long completions, you know, touchdown I mean, passes yeah. that were, you know, well nice spirals that you know hit the restra- receiver in stride and he's a high recruit i mean that's where this is coming from i think is mostly the, yes the the brief observations and his recruiting ranking
2: yeah i don't i don't don't doubt like he's got the better arm for, right. between him and k McNamara, he's got the stronger arm he's probably more accurate and everything else but when you have a quarterback in front of him that has been here a little bit longer and been through the offense and has shown that he can move the football move the offense and win games i get putting the better player in but I think you got to let the player that's winning and doing the job, you know, and give him an opportunity and quote unquote finish the job. And right now they're 6-0. I don't see a reason to to, to pull McNamara at this point.
0: Same. Uh, enough of me playing devil's advocate. I mean, you know, to get back to the heart of the question as far as, you know, the wrong quarterback or whatever, I guess I I disagree with that right now. Sure, probably more talented quarterback is J.J. McCarthy, but, you know, Cade McNamara has been you know, just fine as their quarterback. But again, I could see people saying that, yeah, he's just, he's just fine. But we'll see how it all plays out. I don't, I don't think they're going to make a, make a move certainly to start the game.
2: If you want to talk about wrong quarterback and I was having this discussion with earlier today, you wonder that statements more apt for lat from last year. Like I think Joe Milton was the wrong quarterback. They probably should have been playing Cade McNair based on what we saw in games. Again, we're not privy to practice. We we don't see practices yeah. but I think at the time the assumption was Joe Milt was just a better quarterback and outperforming it, outperforming Kate in practice. Maybe that was the case. But when he put up his 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 practice play against his game play, Joe Milt just didn't perform well at all. And then you or at least well the last couple of games he didn't perform well. And then you, you see what he's doing at Tennessee. So I, I think that was that's maybe a more accurate statement for, for last from last year.
0: Fair enough. Any closing thoughts on Northwestern? Anything that you know came out of this week that you wanted to share that we we didn't get to
1: did Harbaugh miss me on Monday
0: uh he didn't mention you yeah I don't (laughs) think he knew
2: you weren't there
0: (laughs) all right well we'll be back with uh more coverage leading up to and following Michigan's game against Northwestern thank you for listening